This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark has got the night off, and I'm uh, proud and excited and exhilarated and thrilled and honored to be sitting in his big chair behind his big microphone filling in for the great one 877-381-3811 877-381-3811 in a few moments we've got an update on the appeaser in chief we've, we've got an update on the man who is recklessly leading this nation and quite possibly many of our allies if not the entire world into a conflict into a war through his feckless appeasement, his weakness, his inability to represent American interests at home or abroad. I've got an update on where things stand now on, where are we, third day now, third day after three young soldiers lost their lives in the Middle East because Joe Biden doesn't know his head from a hole in the ground. Let's be as kind and generous as possible there. Uh, we've got an update on that and the latest here uh, because the, the president, apparently he's made his decision. He knows what he's going to do. And, oh, get this breaking news about the president of the United States with regard to Iran. He does not want a war, he says. That is, I mean, huge. You know who else didn't want a war? Franklin Roosevelt. You know, you know who else didn't want a war? Abraham Lincoln. Biden has made his decision about what he's going to do with Iran, but he doesn't want a war. Neither did those three soldiers who were killed while they were sleeping. On the, what was it, 110th, 120th strike against American troops in that region in the last four months that have gone without any response, completely unabated. You know why Iran continues to attack us? through their little Houthi puppets and their little little terror satellite organizations? You know Why? Because they can. They've been allowed to. Anyway, I don't even want to start up with that. But I'm, I'm just letting you know that we're going to get to that. We have an update. We have an update. But I do want to start with a question to you. I always like posing a question to you because this is, honestly, the most dynamic talk radio audience in the entire business. And you ask anyone. I know pretty much all the people who are doing talk radio right now. And then we all agree. You listen to the Mark Levin audience, you listen to the people who call into that program, they are incomparable. So I always learn things from you. So I, I've got a question for you. I've got a question for you. We are hearing now from President Biden and the Biden administration that they need Republicans in the Senate to agree to a so-called bipartisan bill to secure the border. And yet for the last three years, we've been hearing that very same Mr. Biden, his borders are Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States. <laughs> Always makes me chuckle. And the secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, we've been hearing them repeatedly tell us 
that the border is secure. So here's my question for you, and I'm sure you'll help me out because I'm not smart enough to figure this out. I don't, you know, my buddy Ben Shapiro's guy went to Harvard. You know, have you, has he, have you mentioned that? He did. It's true. It's true. And uh, my buddy Dan Bongino, he's worked for various uh, agencies, law enforcement agencies, including the Secret Service and the New York Police Department, and he knows all these things. I don't, I don't know these things. My, my buddy Chris Plant, you also hear across these networks, Chris Plant, one of the smartest men I've ever met. He worked for CNN covering the Pentagon and the Great War on Terror for years and years and years. He, they know things. I don't know things. I'm, I'm having trouble figuring it out. If for the last three years, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Alejandro Mayorkas and all of their pals in the media who repeat everything that they say as if it were true. In fact, if you disagree with what, what they say, the media will come in and fact check you. They fact check you and their sources. Well, well, Joe Biden says that you're you're not telling the truth. So you've been fact-checked. So if they've been saying, and the media has been repeating and enforcing the idea that the border is secure, help me out here. Why then do they need a new law to help them secure the border? If, in fact, the aforementioned border is already secure. You see, this, this is what I'm incapable of comprehending. Because, as I mentioned, I did not go to Harvard, and I did not work for the Secret Service, and I did not work for CNN, and I didn't cover the Pentagon. And I, I don't know these things. I'm just a silly guy sitting behind Mark Levin's microphone. How did I get here? So maybe you can help me out here, 877-381-3811. If the border is secure, then why is a new law needed to secure the border? 877-381-3811. A reminder, here's what they've been saying. It is my testimony that the order is secure. The president have worked very hard to implement a strategy when it comes to the border that is humane, safe, and, and has orderly enforcement. Things are going at the border, sir. Much better, than, much, much better than you all expected. <laughs> we have a secure border in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration. I love, by the way, I'm just going to, there's more to this, but I do love the Kamala Harris one because uh, she sounds like remember how there's a, the Miss Teen USA pageants when they're they're asked a question and they just have to stall and fill time and they just they just sort of come up with with words that maybe sound like they make sense but they don't really when you hear it. we have a secure border uh-huh in that that is a priority for right. any nation including ours and our administration there you go well they we have a secure border in that it is a priority for any nation, including ours, in our administration. That's that's the woman who's just one little brain stroke away from the Oval Office. Uh, they continue in what they've been telling us for the last three years. We have responded uh -huh. with a model approach uh -huh. that has proven to work. Sure. We have taken unprecedented action yeah. over the past year and a half to secure our border. And we have a process in place to manage migrants at the border. We're working to make sure it's safe and orderly and humane. The border is closed. Yes. We agree that uh, the border is secure. Yes. We're executing a comprehensive strategy to secure our borders. Uh -huh. One of our highest priorities is to ensure that we have a secure border. And that is what we are doing. We are stopping the flow at the border. The border is secure. Here you go. Thank you to our friends over at the RNC Research uh, 
arm there that put together that little montage. They do actually, I mean, the RNC gets a bad name for many legitimate reasons, but whoever is running their social media platform and is able to grab videos like that, they do a great job. So there you go. They've been telling us that the border is secure. And yet now I'm looking at this letter that the president put a statement from President Joe Biden. I do like when the White House puts out a statement. They have to remind everybody that it's uh, Joe Biden who is the president. They can't just say, here is a statement from the president of the United States. No, no, it has to be statement from President Joe Biden. In case you still think you've woken up in a dystopian nightmare. You know, it's one of those, you know, Bobby Ewing in the shower things. No, no, no. It wasn't an awful dream. We have a statement from President Joe Biden. Yeah, sit down. Joe Biden is, in fact, the president. Statement from President Joe Biden on the bipartisan Senate border security negotiations. Now, right there, I'm confused. There's a bipartisan Senate border security negotiation. So they are negotiating a piece of legislation that will lead to border security. But you just heard what they've been saying for the last three years. They already have a secure border. You understand my confusion. And I so many people, I said, what's changed? What did they, Mayorkas has been saying the border secure under oath, he said. That was the very first one. Did you hear that? The very first thing he said here. Very important. It is my testimony that the border is secure. That's why he's getting impeached this week. That was under oath. That was lying to Congress. It is my testimony that the border is secure. And now here's the statement from President Joe Biden on the bipartisan Senate border security negotiations. So they're negotiating for a bill that would then lead to border security, even though the border has been secure. They've been telling us for the last three years and everyone said, what's changed? What's changed? What's changed? I'll tell you what's changed. The calendar changed. The calendar it's 2024 now. We have an election. So now Joe Biden has to act like he cares about securing the border. And even better, he has to act like that the reason that there isn't a secure border, even though they've been telling us for the last three years that it is a secure border, the only reason that we don't have a secure border, well, it's all Trump's fault. It's all Trump's fault, and it's the Republicans in Congress' fault. That's what you're hearing now. The beginning of the statement, for too long, we all know the border's been broken. Do I need to play the audio again? Do we, do we need to hear Kamala Harris's word salad again? For too long, we all know. Do, do you feel like you're in the twilight zone sometimes when you've been fighting with your favorite liberal brother-in-law on Facebook? The border's a mess. It's insane. Look at this picture. Look at this video from Bill Belushi. Look at this video from Julio Rosas. Look, look at this video from Jenny Terr at the Daily Car. Look at all these videos. I've seen. Look at how broken the border is. Look at people are just flooding it. It's up to 10 million now. Look at it. And your liberal brother-in-law. No, the border is secure. It is secure and everything is orderly. Because that's what Joe Biden said. And Jake Tapper confirmed it. And now suddenly you've got Joe Biden. For too long, we all know the border's been broken. Do you, honestly, do you feel like they're just messing with you at all times now? Hey, let's try to put this one over on them. It'll be great. It's long past time to fix it, he says. That's why two months ago I instructed my team to begin negotiations. Now think about that for a minute. Man's been president of the United States for three years. I know it's just it's painful to say. He's been president for three years. 
He starts his statement by saying, for too long, we all know the border's been broken. It's long past time to fix it. That's why two months ago, I instructed my team to do something about it. So so even in his own letter, which is complete and total bullpucky, in his own letter where he begins by telling you that everyone knows the border's been broken, and again, let's acknowledge he's been president for three years, and then he says, that's why two months ago I decided to do something about it. So here's the state of affairs. For three years, they've lied to us and told us the border is fine, it's secure, everything's fine. Now Joe Biden, because it's an election year, says we all know the border's been broken, been so for years, and that's why two months ago I decided to do something about it. Not for the past two years and ten months into my three-year term so far. No, no, no. For two years and ten months, we went ahead and just let the chaos reign and then lied to you about it. And then two months ago, I decided to get serious. That's his own letter. That's his own words where he's actually trying to polish this turd for you and sell to the media, who will then sell it to you, that Biden's the only one who really cares about securing the border. And, oh, by the way, if there is a problem down there, it's Trump's fault. And the Republicans in Congress. Amazing, isn't it? And not only when you look at what they're actually suggesting here in his letter, this statement that he put out, what he's actually suggesting he wants that would so-called secure the border tomorrow. He's, I'd just secure the border like that if they just passed this law. Uh, okay. But when you look at actually what he wants, it actually makes it harder for the president to secure the border, whoever that president might be. In fact, that's what this is really all about. It's about the next president because we know who that's going to be. If we actually have a, a legitimate process between now and Election Day. Somebody asked me yesterday, they texted me, a friend of mine in the media, who said, uh, what do you think? Do you think Trump's going to beat Biden? I said, if the election were held today, right, to, right now, if the election were held today, and we had anything close to a normative voting process like we had every election cycle other than 2020 under the guise of the pandemic. But if we actually conducted a legitimate election today, Trump beats Biden quite possibly winning 40 states. Now, a lot can happen between now and November. We all saw that four years ago. But they know exactly that that is a possibility, and that's why that's why they want this bill passed. Uh, it says down here in the statement, it would give me as president a new emergency authority to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. By the way, they define overwhelmed by over 5,000 people crossing illegally. Jay Johnson, the Homeland Security Secretary under Barack Obama, said that it is impossible to manage and is a nightmare on the border if you have a thousand crossing in a day they now say that the president should be able to shut down the border completely when it hits five thousand so right there already they've quintupled what obama's homeland security secretary called a bad day he goes on in the statement and if given that authority i would use it the day i signed the bill into law now my buddy will upton who uh, understands policy and legislation. He's over at the National Pulse, used to be with the U.S. Treasury. Uh, he highlighted this, and he says he already has that authority under uh, what's called a 212F. Under 212F, the president can suspend and restrict entry to the United States by proclamation. That's 100% true. You, you know how I know that's true? Because he just did it a couple of months ago. You remember when that uh, up in Canada... You had these Canadians who had had a few too many Labatt's. 
Maybe it was Moosehead. You know, now and again, everybody liked the little Moosehead. And these Canadians were heading to a concert in Buffalo, I think, or in the state of upstate New York. Uh, they were going to go to a Kiss concert. Remember this? And their car flipped at the border crossing and exploded. And there was rumors for a few hours that it was a bomb, that it was a terror attack at the border. Do you remember? You remember this, right? And what did they do? They shut the border. They shut it down. They closed all entries. How could they do that? How did they have the power and authority to do that? Well, it was an emergency. It was a crisis. Oh, unlike what we see right now. You see, he has that authority. In fact, I know he has that authority. And when I say he, I mean the president, not Joe Biden particularly. The president has that authority. You know how I know he has that authority? Not just the, you know, Labatt's drinking Canadians. No, 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 no. I also know because this guy's predecessor, President Donald J. Trump, used that power to put emergency orders in to shut down the border when he was president. I know that because on day one, Joe Biden reversed it. God, they're lying to you. But we're here to clean up the lies. Mark Lovin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 of new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. The question on the table, and I will get to your calls in just a moment here, because it needs answering. If the border is secure, as the Biden administration promises, why do they need a new law to uh, to secure the border? W- w- words, words matter. Words are hard. He was asked today on his way to Marine One, the president, you'll hear the helicopter in the background there, uh, what else he can do at the executive level without the law to secure the border. Oh, he's asked from the very first day he came into office. Wait, I thought he just asked two months ago to get this. Give me the power. No, his first day in office, he actually gave away the power. He actually reversed everything Trump had done. We'll remind you next.
Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 of new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. The Mark Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin tonight. You heard the number 877-381-3811. I floated a question for you. Many of you want to jump in here with the answer. Lines are jammed here. Uh, the question if the border is secure, why do we need a new law to secure the border? You've heard it from Mayorkas and Kamala and Biden and from Psaki and from KJP and all of these talking head, all the people in the media who honestly, if, if for the last three years you actually took to social media or did a segment on the radio show or wrote an article where I write articles over at townhall.com or any of the town hall media websites like hot air and PJ media, those things. Uh, if you wrote an article saying the border is not secure, they'd fact check you. They'd, they'd send you to Snopes or there's idiots at PolitiFact. And they'd, they'd give you, you know, a couple Pinocchios. They'd say, well, not entirely true, things like that. Maybe they'd give you a pants on fire. And then you said, well, what's the source? What, what, what do you mean? What's the objective criteria you're using to say that I'm lying when I say the border's not secure? And they'd say, well, Joe Biden and, and Alejandro Mayorkas, they said the border is secure. There you go. What more do you want? And now the president's moving to demand that a law be passed so that he can secure the border that he's been promising he was already secure. Now, I got to hand it to Speaker Mike Johnson. Because I say what you will about the Speaker, and I, it's quite possibly, with a one-seat majority, quite possibly the toughest job in, in Washington, D.C., in this town that I call home. Uh, he responded on X to uh, this Biden video that I just played for you, where he said he's, he's uh, done everything he can do. Is there more you can do? Not all I can do. Just give me the power. I've asked for the very day I got it off. Give me the border patrol. Give me the power. Give me the border patrol. You know, last time I checked, he's in charge of the executive branch. And all these reporters, all these reporters who, you know, yell questions at them while the helicopter. By the way, why do they even debase themselves? Why do they allow themselves to be so debased? The guy never gives a press conference. They make them stand out there. It's like 40 degrees today with the wind whipping around the mall in Washington. They got a helicopter. They, they blast the engines of the helicopter so nobody can hear anything. And so the audio is terrible. They scream a question. Why bother? Because none of them will actually say, sir. 
Tell me about all of the executive orders of Donald Trump that you lifted on your first day in office. Because it seems that, that Donald Trump had the power. He didn't need any new laws passed. He secured the border. He built a wall. He negotiated the remain in Mexico. Speaker Johnson responded on that video on X. Said, President Biden said, I've done all I can do with executive authority to secure the border. That's simply untrue. It's a nice way of Speaker Johnson saying that Joe Biden's a liar. He's a big, fat liar is what he is. But, you know, that would be beneath the office of Speaker of the House. Actually, he went on to say he's either lying or misinformed. Actually, there's a third option. His brain is basically mashed potatoes at this point. That's what he should have said. If I See, if I worked in the Speaker's office, I'd, I'd compose a different tweet. He's either lying, misinformed, or his brain is mashed potatoes. I'm actually going with D, all of the above. Speaker Johnson, with a little bit more respect and decorum that I would provide, continues and says, here are just a few of the authorities at his disposal, if only he would use them. Presidential authority to restrict entry 212F. We just mentioned that. That's exactly what they did when the they thought they had a bomb at the northern border at Niagara Falls. It's exactly what Trump did during his presidency when it was, in fact, an emergency. It still is. It's worse now. And Biden claims he doesn't have the authority. Trump had the authority. So does Biden. Expedited removal, 235B1. Discretionary detention authority, 236A. Mandatory detention, 236C. Mike Johnson says no more excuses. Uh, I like this speaker. Yet uh, Today, at a press conference, he was asked a question by this hack, Manu Raju, at CNN. This is the new narrative that's going around. That Donald Trump is calling congressmen and senators and saying, don't agree to anything on the border because it's a good campaign issue for me. Manu Raju asked Speaker, asked Speaker Johnson about it. Speaker Johnson says that's, that's bull. Well, now, again, he's nicer than I am. He didn't say any sort of barnyard animal, but he did say this. Manu, that's absurd. We have a responsibility here to do our duty. Our duty is to do right by the American people, to protect the people. The first and most important job of the federal government is to protect its citizens. We're not doing that under President Biden. We, are, we have only a tiny, as you know, razor thin, actually a one vote majority right now in the House. Our, our majority is small. We only have it in one chamber, but we're trying to, to use every ounce of leverage that we have to make sure that this uh, issue is addressed. I have talked to, to former President Trump about this issue at length, and, um, and he understands that. He understands that we have a responsibility to do here. The president, of course, President Trump, wants to secure the country. President Trump is the one that talked about border security before anyone else did. He ran on, as you remember, building the wall. Why? Because he saw this catastrophe coming. He knew that if we did not get control of it, we would be in this situation. And that's why President Trump took executive actions. He used his executive authority to get that system under control. President Biden came in reflexively and did exactly the opposite. And that is what has caused this crisis. It is well documented. I'm happy to share with you all, if you haven't seen it yet, our documentation of the 64 actions they've taken. At least half of those, more than half, could be immediately reversed with a stroke of a pen. And Joe Biden refuses to do it. And it is outrageous to us. Yes, ma'am. Isn't it nice to have a speaker who can speak, by the way? That, I mean, that's a, that is well put, well articulated, no notes. 
beautifully delivered, 64 actions they've taken, over half of them executive actions. Want to fact check it? Here, fact check this, pal. Here's the actual video, February 2nd, 2021. Joe Biden sitting at his desk with a mask on. Remember the good old days? Sitting alone at his desk with a mask on. Mumbling and bumbling through his mask about the executive orders he's about to sign. And what are those executive orders? The direct reversal of Donald Trump's border security policy. Listen. Today I'm going to sign a few executive orders. Um... Uh, to strengthen immigration system, building on uh, the executive actions I took on day one to protect dreamers and uh, to end the Muslim ban and to better manage our borders. Now, now listen to that. Do I need to read the statement he put out two days ago about how he's de- demanding that he needs Congress to do something so that he can secure the borders? And here he is, this, this, this mashed potato brain president, on February 2nd, saying, I'm signing these executive orders so that I can better secure the border. When, in fact, he was reversing what Trump had done, which was, in fact, providing security to the border. But he's bragging about it. And a little later on, you're going to hear exactly why he's doing it. See, I'm going to let, him, I'm going to let you hear him. You're smart enough to actually absorb this. You know, you know what this is all about. And when Joe Biden signed these executive orders that merely reversed the executive orders that Trump had put in place... He wasn't doing it for border security. He wasn't doing it for enhanced immigration. He wasn't doing it for vetting. He wasn't doing it for... He was doing it to pay off the political active activists who did everything that they did during the 2020 election, including the ones who collected all those mail-in ballots for people who were afraid to go because, you know, there's a virus around. Remember all those mail-in ballots? All those ones that were put into boxes and then collected and then counted without you being able to watch the process. Yeah, those were those were, you know, open borders activists that were mobilized. They did their job and he had to pay them off. So listen, he gives the reason why. And that's what these uh, three different uh, executive orders are about. And I want to make it clear. There's a lot of talk with good reason about the number of executive orders that I've signed. I'm not making new law. I'm eliminating bad policy. Um, what I'm doing is taking on the issues that 99% of them, that the president, the last president of the United States, issued executive orders I thought were very counterproductive to our security, counterproductive to who we are as a country, particularly in, uh, in, uh, in the area of immigration. This is about uh, how America is safer, stronger, more prosperous when we have a fair, orderly and uh, humane legal immigration system yeah have you been seeing what's been going on in the last three years on the border does that look safe and secure and humane and orderly of course not he broke he broke the whole thing but you care from the old his own words here he just said 99 percent of these things were done by executive order from the previous president which means that he can immediately reverse them if, if he could if he could turn it off he can turn it back on again right and uh, with the first action today, uh, we're going to work to undo the moral and national shame of the previous administration that literally, not, not figuratively, ripped children from the arms of their families, their mothers and fathers at the border, and with no plan, none whatsoever, to reunify the children who are still in custody and, uh, and their parents. There you go. The second action addresses now, the root causes of our migration. 
Yeah, the root causes. They're really good at the root causes, aren't they? And that really worked, too. Ten million people have crossed the border since this day, since he did this. And you heard what he, the reason. You heard the reason that he gave. It had nothing to do with security. It had no, do nothing with our economy. It had to, nothing to do with rights. It had nothing to do with the Constitution. It had to do with his warped view of morality. You see, what Trump had done was immoral. He went on to say that he was going to remove the stain of the previous administration. This is all virtue signaling. This is all virtue signaling for the activist open borders crowd that put him behind that desk. They put him there and he had to pay them back. And he did. And they got their payout. They got 10 million illegals in this country in the last three years. And now he's pretending like he's really, no, I'm serious. I'm going to do something about it. I've, I've been saying this for years. No, 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 we know. We've got the video. We know exactly what you did three years ago. So why do you have to secure a border if it's already secured? 877-381-3811. Let's start with uh, Ralph in Central Florida. Ralph, you're first up here. I'm Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Thank you, Larry. Thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me all right? You sound fantastic. I uh, I don't want to blow my own horn, but if I gave you my credentials with labor, I'm a retired operating engineer, and I ran COPE uh, and did the used to interview the candidates for the FLCIO. I run the uh, politics for several unions, my own included. And um, I've been talking to a group of Christians up here, and, and they've been promoting a theory you know, everything that comes through the government doesn't just happen. It's been thought out in think tanks and, and everything, you know. But the, uh, one, of the, one of the things they wanted to do with the election was uh, impeach Trump, and that hasn't worked out for them. And then they want to have him put in jail, and that ain't working out too good for him. So then uh, I think uh, um, Michelle Obama was one of the options for the black and uh, women vote. But one of the options they're having is all the you're talking about the border. All of these uh, people that are coming in, I'm sure they want to get some votes from them. But I think one of the reasons why they're letting them in, they're trying to create a, a situation for the election where there's going to be riots all over the country, just similar to the one they had at uh, January 6th, only they're going to be done by the radical left, and uh, they'll try and declare martial law. And if they do that, all this talking we're doing about the election won't mean anything. And I don't think there's any way that Joe Biden can win an election. So there's got to be something they've got up their sleeve, you know. So, so uh, I, I, I understand the latter part of this, but how exactly does him pretending like he's going to secure the border, how is that going to then bring on these riots? That, that, that's ludicrous, because what you said was Mayorka committed perjury. He said the border is secured. If the right. border is secured, why in the world would we have to get another bill? They just want to pass another bill and spend some money on something. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah well, no, I understand. I, thank you. Listen, Ralph, thank you. I appreciate the call. You're, listen, if, you're, if the thesis here, Ralph, is that they're trying to create chaos to give them an excuse to, you know, declare any kind of emergency that might hamper the upcoming election, yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past them. Not for a second. There is chaos. They've created the chaos. And now, of course, they want to tell you that they're the only ones who can fix the chaos. And even worse, tell you that you... And the people you vote for are actually the cause of the chaos that they have, in fact, created. And and Ralph mentioned he was with the AFL-CIO. One thing that's striking about this so-called border negotiation here, where 
where Biden and and Democrats, certain Democrats, and sadly one or two Republicans, Mitt Romney, claim that uh, what they need is more money. They need more money for Border Patrol agents, and that will help the problem. You know what? The, I, I've been in Washington. I'm in my 13th year now in Washington, D.C., and I've been watching Washington my whole life. You know what's remarkable about what's going on right now with this negotiation? The union that represents the Border Patrol, they have actually gone out of their way to say, we don't want more money. Have you ever heard of that? Have you ever heard any special interest in Washington, D.C., any government employee union ever say, we don't want more money? But they don't. Biden says, I need more money for the Border Patrol. And the Border Patrol says, actually, we don't want more money. We want to do our job. We want to be able to actually do our job. Well, what's the job of the Border Patrol? To patrol the border and to enforce our border laws. They've been told to stand down. They've been reduced to pencil pushers and form filler outers. And in some cases, diaper changers. They're babysitters. They're law enforcement. They want to enforce the law. They want to secure the border. They know how to do it. They've been told not to. They've been told to stand down. They don't want more money. They want to do their job. And we Republicans, we American citizens, we want them to do that. So let's get the hell out of the way and let them do it. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800 900 8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Two more hours ahead, by the way. And uh, yes, we're going to talk about the Middle East and. Iran and this president leading us through his feckless and weak leadership into a war. But uh, we're still talking about the border here and the nightmare that's been created on purpose. And now the gaslighting where Biden and Mayorkas and I bet we've been talking about the broken border for years. It's Republicans who are standing in the way of fixing it. Chris in Virginia. Chris, thanks for calling. You're next up here on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry O'Connor. Larry O'Connor, it's Chris in Marshall, the front line of the heartland, home of the Patriots. Good to hear from you, man. You, Same you, you sound good at this time of night, man. Thank you, Chris, you, you one of my listeners on the uh, – Chris is one of the listeners for O'Connor and Company, the morning show I do in the Washington area all across D.C. on WMAL. Hey, Chris, thanks. 
Right on. Hey, listen, one thing that we need to realize is that the left, the left is very fixated on being impeccable with their word. They do not want to be called liars. And so when they stand up there and they say that the border is secure, I can give you 30 other examples like the Disinformation Governance Board. When they say the border is secure, they're not lying and they're not wrong. I challenge any one of your listeners right now to fly into Mexico, turn around and walk north. All right, Chris, the border is secure by the cartels. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's Larry O'Connor tonight sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin, an honor, a pleasure, a daunting task, but I love the opportunity to be here for these three great hours of talk radio right here on your favorite talk radio station, 877-381-3811. I want to give you an update on our commander in chief, our president. It's still Joe Biden. I'm sorry. I wish I had a better update than that. And his despicable, feckless, and completely weak policy in the Middle East right now. I want to remind you for a minute. This is dated January 10th, 2020. This is when Joe Biden was running for president. He still hadn't secured the Democrat nomination. And if you remember right, after the strike against uh, uh, the Iranian general... When Trump ordered the military to uh, kill this piece of trash, I think he was. He, I think all that was left was like a hand. Thankfully, so they could you know test the fingerprints and prove that it was him. But he, he was he was turned into a pile of soot, uh, and he was responsible for the deaths and maiming and traumatic brain injuries of countless American military members uh, during the Iraq War. Uh, Soleimani. And after that strike, that brilliant precision strike that smacked down Iran and put them back into a box until Joe Biden let him out. Joe Biden was running around talking to any camera and any microphone he could get in front of. Yapping about how uh, Donald Trump, for political purposes, was going to lead us into a war with Iran because it's an election year and he's going to start a war with Iran to win the election. He even went so far as to say he was going to bring us to the brink of nuclear war. And this was a campaign ad that he ran at that time. This is from his own social media account dated January 10th, 2020. This is Joe Biden talking about Donald Trump and 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 talking about what a great international national security expert he is with, you know, his decades of experience being wrong. The U.S. confrontation with Iran entered a dangerous new phase. Across Iran this morning, calls for death to America and revenge, revenge, 
We live in the most dangerous moment in a generation. Our world set on edge. This is a moment that requires strong, steady, stable leadership. We need someone tested and trusted around the world. Joe Biden, a president with the experience to lead on day one. Can you believe that? Boy, that's that's a hell of a message now looking back just three years later. This is literally three years ago, three years and two weeks ago. That, that that's that's the kind of crap he was selling to the American people and the media ate it up ate it up strong steady reliable leadership because right now thanks to Donald Trump we're on the brink of war and he literally he literally is trying to terrify the American people and people who don't pay attention as well as you do here he is in an interview it's absolutely outrageous because what Trump has done and the American people, including independents and some Republicans, know how bad he is, know how much he's misrepresented, know how he's getting close to getting us in a war. I said, as the walls close in on this man, I'm worried he's going to get us to war in Iran. Unfortunately, I may have been right. The fact of the matter is there's a lot at stake in this election. The world has changed. Because- yeah, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. But I had to. My favorite part of this, I have to say, my favorite part. You remember, uh, Bob Gates was the Secretary of Defense under Barack Obama, and had known and worked with Joe Biden certainly in the Obama administration. He was a Republican, by the way, so he claimed. How a Republican goes to work for Barack Obama, I'll never know. Uh, he was a Republican, but he had worked with Joe Biden in that administration. But also, when Joe Biden was a senator for about what six, seven decades, I think. And Bob Gates said Joe Biden has been wrong on every single international affair, every single foreign policy issue in his entire career, starting with Vietnam in 1972 when he first joined the Senate, all the way up until today. And I got to say that this one soundbite within this little, you know, Donald Trump's going to bring us to the brink of nuclear war, uh, trying to terrify you to vote for him. And I got to say, one of my favorite parts is the, is is this self own of his. The man doesn't even know what words are coming out of his mouth. When you try to actually make sense of them, I mean, listen to the logic of this for a second. Know how much he's misrepresented. Know how he's getting close to getting us in a war. I said, as the walls close in on this man, I'm worried he's going to get us to war in Iran. Unfortunately, I may have been right. <laughs> I've been saying, I've been saying that as the walls close in, he's going to lead us to war. And apparently I was right about that. Of course, he wasn't right about that, number one. But number two, think about that. I keep saying this thing, and unfortunately, it looks like it's true. I mean, I was saying it. I had no idea whether it was going to be true or not. But I was saying it anyway, because, you know, I just say things. Now it turns out that thing I've been saying, it's going to be true, which, of course, it wasn't true. They actually want you to believe that Donald Trump was the one that made things dangerous. I mean, here's the amazing thing about this entire political narrative about the Middle East. We had over and, and earlier I said that we had over 100 strikes against American forces and people have corrected me properly on on X. And I appreciate it. Over 160 attacks on American interests in the Middle East at the hands of of either Iran or through Iran's puppet terrorist groups. Over 160 strikes against American interests. 
And you know, I interview people in the military active duty. I interview experts, re- retired members of the military almost daily. They have all, for the last few months, been saying the exact same thing. It's only a matter of time. It is only a matter of time. Somebody's going to get killed. Someone in uniform is going to get killed. And now in the last week, it's, it's a total of five. The three soldiers who were killed in the missile attack over the weekend, but don't, let's not forget the two Navy SEALs who died on a, a very dangerous mission, intercepting a boat that was carrying Iran weaponry, uh, Iranian warheads. I feel like this president deploys our troops on dangerous missions without any regard to the danger that they face. I I don't think the president has still, I don't think he has mentioned these two sailors, these two Navy SEALs that died, lost at sea. I know John Kirby made a passing remark during a press briefing. I believe it was right after he praised new diversity initiatives at the Pentagon. So we've lost five members of the military There are five sets of parents right now who are grieving the loss of their children. And all of these veterans of the military, active duty members of the military who have been saying it's just a matter of time. Somebody's going to get killed. It's just a matter of time. We did nothing during that entire four-month window with 160 strikes. We did nothing. Nothing to diminish their capability. You know, there's a a ship floating, an Iranian-flagged ship that we know about, that we have identified, that patrols the waters around where these strikes have happened, and it's a, it's an intelligence ship. It's actually helping the targeting process for these drones. Why is it still floating? Why is it still floating? It's been three days now, and we're told that the Biden administration, this is the update now that we've gotten today, that President Biden has made his decision. And then in the same breath of this anonymously leaked, purposefully placed story, in the same breath of Biden's made his decision about what he's going to do to Iran, why do they keep telegraphing these things, by the way? He's made his decision, but he doesn't want a war. Well, there's a, there's a, that's a big story. First of all, by the way, considering the fact that everything they say they want, they don't want, and everything they say they don't want, they do want, considering all the lies that come out of this administration, and considering everything that he accuses Republicans and Trump and conservatives of, he's actually guilty of. This whole thing, you know, as he sees his political fortune slipping away, I'm afraid that Trump is going to start a war with Iran to help his political fortunes. And now here we are with Joe Biden underwater with the least popular uh, with, with the lowest polls of any president looking for re-election in the history of poll taking his political fortunes are slipping away he's losing to trump by in some polls double digits nationally in certain states certainly by that amount states that he needs to win and suddenly we look like we're on the brink of war with iran you ask yourself something why would a commander-in-chief allow american troops to be fired upon and attacked over 160 times without any retaliation. Why would he do that? You know, in any normal warlike situation with the President of the United States, 
who is actually looking out for the best interests of our nation, our allies, and our troops. If over 160 times our soldiers, our Marines, our airmen, our sailors are fired upon by a hostile foreign entity who calls us the great Satan and has sworn to destroy us and our ally Israel, if that has happened over 160 times, sometime in the middle there, maybe around number three, perhaps, we would retaliate. We would punch the bully in the nose. Hard. But this president didn't. This president allowed this to continue happening. This president allowed his Secretary of Defense to go AWOL for a week without anyone knowing where he was while all this was happening. This president sat back idly and allowed our troops to continue to take fire without any retaliation that made any significant difference in any way whatsoever. Until we have five Americans dead, five Americans who bravely stepped forward at a time when not a lot of people are looking to join the military because of the way this man and his administration has destroyed it. But these five stepped up and said, yes, I'll put on the uniform. I'll take the oath. I'll take the risk. Now they're dead. Why would a president do that? Unless he wanted this to escalate. He is acting like a man who wanted this to escalate. By not responding, he is behaving as though he was fine with what would ultimately happen. Because I assure you, if I, as a talk radio host and columnist who reports on Washington, D.C. and reports on the military, who interviews retired members of the military and retired former national security advisors, if I hear on a regular basis that it's inevitable that we're going to lose lives over there, it's bound to happen. It's just a matter of time. If I hear that, you think maybe the commander-in-chief hears that? Do you think maybe in his daily briefings he's been hearing that? He has. He's been hearing, sir, nothing is stopping them right now. We're not doing anything, and they continue to strike. They continue to hit us because why, why wouldn't they? They're not paying any price. They're not getting any retaliation. They're not getting any pushback. We dodged another bullet today. Oh, we did some damage, but nobody died. Oh, we had, you know, a week ago, there was a strike against our consulate in Iraq. Iran was responsible for it. And the headlines, you know, in these articles, it said, well, the, several members of the military suffered traumatic brain injuries. Do you have any idea what that means? A traumatic brain injury? They, they say it like they, they sprained an ankle. Devastating, devastating casualties. In this latest strike where we lost the three soldiers, we had over 40 other military personnel injured, some of them very severely injured. This has been going on on almost a daily basis. Mr. President, somebody's going to die. Mr. President, we're going to have some casualties. We're going to have flag-draped coffins, Mr. President. What should we do? And I can only tell you that this president has behaved as though he has behaved as though he was fine 
with what inevitably happened. What else are we to conclude? Oh, actually, I'm not being entirely fair. Let's not forget. He did issue stern warnings to Iran. Right? And what's the message to Iran? Don't. It was very important to send a very clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region. Don't do it. What is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I wasn't entirely fair. I forgot. I forgot about the stern warning. I forgot about the, the creepy whisper growl with the squinty eyes trying to be Clint Eastwood. I forgot about the don't. Don't, don't, don't. I'm shocked that that didn't work. Well, at least he tried. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. 877-381-3811. I do want to hear from you coming up in just a moment. Uh, your reaction. Right? And it's, it's interesting that there are people of multiple minds. Here's the thing. Whatever... Whatever Joe Biden does right now against Iran, it's too little too late. Or, sadly, and this is what I fear, it'll be too much too late. Everyone's too little too late. Well, no, actually, he could go in the other extreme. Because that's what weak men do. Especially when they're not the ones throwing the punches. This is a weak man whose entire role here, when it comes to warfare, is to have other people do the hard work for him. And we should be concerned. Either way, it's too late. The question is, is it too little too late or too much too late? Today, the president, again, with the Marine One helicopter screaming in the background, the question was shouted to him about whether he decided what to do about Iran. We'll let you hear exactly what he said and the nonsense word salad he threw out there to the media. This is the man who has our precious troops' lives in his hands. And he doesn't know what he's doing. It's Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Let's hear from you, 877-381-3811. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. 
And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who've pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. We're talking about this disaster in the White House. In many respects, we can talk about that, but this is specifically with regard to his most important role as commander-in-chief, leader of the free world, national security. I... I, I got to tell you, and, and uh, lines are jammed, but as we get through people's reactions to what's going on in the Middle East right now, and specifically this sleepwalking toward war with Iran, I would also like to add a second question to you, and that is, if, if you're retired from the military, we have a great tradition in this country of multiple generations of people joining the military. It's an amazing thing. Uh, I love the great moment in the Forrest Gump, beginning of Forrest Gump, where uh, Forrest Gump can trace his lineage in the military. Or no, excuse me, it's the Gary Sinise character. Forgive me, forgive me. It's not Forrest Gump's character. Gosh, Gary Sinise, uh, Lieutenant Dan, can trace his lineage all the way back to the Revolutionary War, right? That's that's actually not a unique thing. <clears throat> and you know what I hear all the time now from people? who are retired military, who served under President Reagan or President Bush, even President Clinton, they're saying that when their son or daughter talks about their career, they're in high school, they're thinking about joining the military, their their dad, well, usually it's the dad, is uh, actually talking them out of it. Big part of that that recruitment problem we've got in the military is because oftentimes you see new generations follow in their father's footsteps, and they're not doing it anymore. Because this is not Ronald Reagan's military anymore. My uh, daughter, my daughter went to the United States Naval Academy. She just graduated last year. She's an ensign in the Navy. And, you know, and I engage, just like you do, I engage in political conversations with family members and friends who don't agree with me. Right. Every, I don't know why people think that talk radio hosts, conservative talk radio hosts, are just surrounded by people who all, all agree with them. And they just have, you know, echo chamber conversations. Well, maybe the lousy talk show hosts are like that. But I think the very best talk show hosts, conservative talk show hosts, actually have people in their lives who sometimes disagree with them politically. It forces us to engage in conversations with them that doesn't reduce our down to name calling it, it we have to actually take care of the relationships we've got in our lives with people who disagree with us that's how our families are stitched together and frankly that's how our nation is stitched together i don't hate the people who disagree with me politically 
I don't hate the people who are wrong, who I believe are wrong. I need them to come over onto our side of the conversation. We need to try to figure out a way to get together. And so I do engage in conversations with loved ones, with family members, with friends, people that I have worked with in the past who do disagree with my politics. And I don't know if you do the same, and I bet you do do the same, whether it's in real life or on a Facebook page or something. I bet you're hearing from a lot of people who say who who don't like Donald Trump for whatever reason. But they've come around to recognize that this man in the White House is a complete and total disaster and we cannot survive four more years. And I hope that you can have the same kind of conversation that I had recently with someone who was like that, someone who was adamantly opposed to Donald Trump in 2020 and now has said to me, I I don't know what I'm going to do in 24. This person in my life who I love has said, I'm just not going to vote. I just can't vote. Because I don't like either of them. And I said, you know, let me, let me tell you something. And this is a younger person, by the way. A younger, and in fact, 2020 was this person's first vote for president. And I said, let me tell you something. I've been around a little longer than you. And you are now facing a situation where you are not thrilled with either of your choices for president. Welcome to the real world. More often than not, that's the case. It's very rare that we have a Ronald Reagan on the ticket. It's very rare that we have a George Washington on the ticket, okay? If you look at the history of American presidents, vast majority of them, not so great people. Honestly, not not worth you being proud to vote for them, okay? It's time to grow up. Your vote for president was never meant to be a life-altering moment for you. Your choice of president was never supposed to be some kind of decoration that you can wear around in public so that people can see what kind of person you are. Your vote for president is supposed to not be something that you use to bolster your ego and your persona with the cool kids. Can we move away from that for a moment? Let's look at what a vote for president almost always is. A choice between two pretty flawed individuals. And oftentimes, I don't know about you, but in my lifetime, oftentimes not a choice between anyone who is my original candidate. But you grow up. And you choose between two people. And now that I have a child in the military, I have a child wearing the uniform, I have a child who will salute and take orders through the chain of command led by the commander-in-chief. It is deadly serious. And I think every American should vote as if they had a child in the military. Because they are all our children. And if you don't like your choice between the two presidents, grow up. Because guess what? You're not voting for a president. You're voting for an administration. And if you don't like the commander-in-chief, fine. I get it. 
But who will that person appoint as the Secretary of Defense? Who will that person appoint as the Secretary of State? Who will that person appoint as the National Security Advisor? Who will that person appoint as the Attorney General? And how will that administration, that cabinet, that government that they assemble execute the very important job of running our government through the executive branch, especially our military, especially our foreign policy, especially our national security? You don't like the tweets? I honestly don't care. Look at the team. And it's not even close. It's not even close. Lives are at stake. So Joe Biden, our current commander-in-chief, leaving the White House, Marine One screaming in the background, so reporters debasing themselves by screaming questions. First question, have you decided what to do about Iran? Yes. So he's decided how to respond to the attacks. He was then asked, do you hold Iran responsible for the murder of our soldiers? Now, this is quite possibly the stupidest question that I've ever heard from a reporter. You know, you, this is the one opportunity. He's not going to give you a press conference. All you got is this chance to scream a question over the sound of a, of a of Marine One out of this, this helicopter that they turn on on purpose to make it hard. Do you hold around? And I got to say, The only thing stupider than the question, do you hold Iran responsible, is the asinine answer you just got from your president. Listen to this answer from Joe Biden to the question, do you hold Iran responsible? I do hold them responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. I do hold them responsible in a sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. Well, that's actually pretty remarkable. This is a man who claims that he has foreign policy expertise and is an expert in national security matters. I mean, after all, he was the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate. I love that. The other day he said that. You know, they, they tell me I'm a foreign policy expert. I was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. It's like someone has to remind him, yeah, you were vice president for eight years. You've been president for three years. But his big, res- his big resume, Mark, is that he was the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Okay, so he's an expert on foreign affairs. And he doesn't know that Hamas and Hezbollah and the Houthis and all of these other little terror satellite groups created by and financed by the Iranians do the mullah's bidding? He's acting like, well, you know, Iran supplied them the weapons, but, you know, they can't control what these people are going to do with the weapons. Seriously. I hold them responsible just in the sense that, yeah, they they were the supply for the weapons. Let me ask you something. Boy, there's so much to break apart about this statement. I hold them responsible in a sense that they're supplying the weapons. Let me ask you something. You know how we've given billions and billions and billions of dollars to Iran, right? And when Biden came into the he wanted detente with the mullahs. He wanted to walk down the path of a nuclear arms deal with them again, giving them a yellow brick road pathway to a nuclear weapon. Can you imagine if they had a nuclear weapon right now? 
he took all the pressure off of Western European nations who had been shut off from doing business with Iran. You know, when Ambassador Rick Grinnell, an American hero, Ambassador Rick Grinnell was the ambassador in Germany, he spent almost all of his time strong-arming our allies and the businesses in the Western European sphere to stop doing business with Iran because they were financing terror. And he, and he succeeded. And during the Trump administration, Iran was squeezed. They weren't getting any income. Biden goes in, lifts the sanctions, releases funds to them. Their gross domestic product almost doubled. And Biden claims, and they, they've claimed all along, oh, well, whatever money that we gave them, you know, the billions of dollars, that was for humanitarian purposes. Humanitarian purposes. So let me just break something down here for you. Joe Biden just responded to the question, do you hold Iran responsible, by saying, do you want to hear him say it again? Here, you can say it. It's hard to make out what he says anytime, let alone when you've got a giant jet engine behind you. I do hold them responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people who did it. Yeah, so he says they're supplying the weapons to the Houthis and Hamas and Hezbollah. Hey, Mr. President, follow-up question. Why are we giving them humanitarian aid when they're buying weapons? You just admitted that they're supplying these terrorists with weapons. Why in the hell did you give them aid? Well, Iran really needs humanitarian aid because they need food and they need, you know, they've got starving people. Hey, I've got an idea. Why don't you tell Iran to stop buying weapons? Use some of that money to feed their people. Oh, no, it was just humanitarian money. But by giving them humanitarian money, you've allowed them to free up the other money they've got so they could buy weapons that end up killing Americans. So follow that logic along with me for a moment. If Joe Biden says he holds Iran responsible for supplying the weapons to kill these three soldiers over the weekend... And we just explored how Iran got the money to supply those weapons. They got them from Joe Biden. By Joe Biden's own twisted logic, isn't he responsible? Isn't Joe Biden responsible directly for giving Iran the money that they used to supply the weapons that killed our soldiers? That's pretty much exactly what he just admitted. If Iran is responsible for the death of these soldiers because they supplied the weapons, then we, he, is responsible for giving them the money that allowed them to get those weapons in the first place. And believe it or not, that wasn't even the most objectionable thing Joe Biden said. Here's the next question about what he's going to do to retaliate. We'll we'll have that discussion. I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. He's decided what he's going to do. He holds Iran responsible, but he doesn't think he needs a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. Well, it's good to know that it's not. You know, Franklin Roosevelt wasn't looking for a wider war in the Pacific. 
George W. Bush was not looking for a wider war against Al-Qaeda and global terrorism. But you know, these things happen. But it's good to know Joe Biden's not looking for a wider war in the Middle East. That's the last thing he wants. Even though that's exactly what he's brought on. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin, and I got a little got a little intense there talking about this president, his horrific handling of our military that it shows based on our recruitment problems. And his his feckless disregard for the value of their lives. Just look at him checking his watch after the dignified transfer of remains came back from Afghanistan at Dover. He behaves as though he does not care. I don't know what is in this man's heart. He behaves as though he doesn't care. And all at a time when he, of course, three years ago, warned that it was Donald Trump who is going to bring us to the brink of World War III. And now here, the great internationalist, the great statesman, the great expert. Look where we are right now with this man. Let's hear from Leo in Colorado Springs, home of the United States Air Force Academy. Leo, thanks for joining us. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin. Well, hello, Larry, and it's also the home of the U.S. Space Force. Um, That's headquarters. Oh, my now. gosh. How could I forget? I love the Space Force so much. You're right. You are absolutely right. I hope you got my swag that I sent you a couple months ago. Oh, back. Leo, I did. Is that, uh, Leo, I drink from that. Leo is from the greater <laughs> Washington area. I used to call into the morning, uh, my morning show on WMAL all the time, and he sent me a yes. package. I got the hat. Meredith drinks out of the coffee cup all the time. She stole that from me. But I got the hat, and it's fantastic. More, Thank you for that. If you need more, let me know. I'll hook you up. Right. Um, <laughs> big, big question. There's two, two comments I have tonight. Larry, um, thanks for taking my call. First and foremost is, why is this POS, I don't say POTUS, I say POS, not calling the fallen family members to give the condolences yeah. of America? Leo, and- it's, too, it's too important, and I spent too much time talking about Space Force. Uh, let's put Leo on hold. We're going to pick up your call coming up in a sec, because this is critically important, especially you veterans of the military i gotta hear from you are you recommending to your children or grandchildren to join the military right now it's larry o'connor in for mark levin 
In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. He is off tonight, and it is always an honor and a privilege and a daunting task to even attempt to fill the great one's greatest three hours of talk radio. Uh, and listen, Rush Limbaugh, there will never be another. Rush, even when I think about Rush Limbaugh, I start to get misty. God, how we miss him right now. God, how we need him right now. And he is no longer with us. Obviously. Thank God for Mark Levin. Thank God for the great one. Thank God for the Mark Levin show. We would be so lost right now. He's 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 all he's all that's left. He is indispensable. This show, and it is a daunting task to even attempt to fill his three hours. But I will do my best. We'll do this together, because I, like you, am a listener of Mark Levin. In fact, last night he was absolutely perfect. I couldn't decide whether I was going to say perfect or perfection. So I said perfect. Because, see, because you know why? Because I'm not Mark Levin. He was absolutely perfect when it came time to the question of whether uh, Biden has the constitutional authority to strike Iran. Of course he does. It's ridiculous. Now, listen, you can a thousand percent win political points right now by pointing out what Joe Biden tweeted on January 6, 2020. Here's Joe Biden's tweet, January 6, 2020. Let's be clear, Donald Trump does not have the authority to take us into war with Iran without congressional approval. A president should never take this nation to war without the informed consent of the American people. Now, listen to Mark Levin yesterday. Listen to Mark Levin's opening statement, the opening of his show in the first hour. We'll listen to all of it. I'm sure you already did. You should have. If you missed it, listen to it. He debunks that. He debunks it from the perspective of some misguided Republicans who are trying to score political points right now by saying the same thing. Oh, God, we are, we are are we not old enough to know that this happens every time? Every time a president has to retaliate from a legitimate, for a legitimate reason, against an atrocious attack or to prevent an atrocious, an imminent atrocious attack. Whoever the opposition party is, they always say, well, he needs congressional approval. No, he doesn't. For God's sake, they just struck 
over 160 times our military basis. We just lost three soldiers. We lost two SEALs last week. You hit us, we hit you back harder in the face. That's what you do. In fact, the problem, the reason that we are here right now is that he hasn't retaliated. That he hasn't defended our troops. He hasn't done the fundamental, single most important responsibility as commander-in-chief, which is to protect our military and look out for their best interests when they're engaged overseas on our behalf. For God's sake, it's in the preamble to provide for the common defense. And the two aspects of providing for the common defense that this president refuses to do is retaliate against atrocious, outrageous, criminal acts of war against our troops that now have left five of them killed and protect our border. I mean, it's literally what provide for the national defense looks like. Secure the border, protect our troops. So yes, of course, that breaking news alert, Joe Biden was wrong about something. In January of 2020, when he said Trump didn't have the authority. Now, all the Republicans were flexing, saying, that's right. He was right. He was right then, and he's right now. He shouldn't be taking us to war. He was right when he said it about Trump. No, he wasn't. He was wrong. He's always wrong. Don't jump on board there. There's plenty to go after him about. And, when, and, and Leo, I haven't forgotten you. We're going to get to Leo in Colorado Springs in a second. One other thing that's bothering me. Since October 7th, a major, major point of conversation in the United States of America and worldwide was about the moral atrocities that began that day and continued today. You know, people who look at October 7th and say, well, it was this event, this, this, this thing happened on October 7th. You know, it was four months ago. No, can I just remind you, please, that October 7th is happening right now today on January 30th? There are still Americans being held hostage by these disgusting, murdering animals. There are still Israelis. There are still innocent people who are they're still being raped. They're still being assaulted. October 7th is happening right now as we speak. It hasn't ended it hasn't ended for those people, and it hasn't ended for their families. It hasn't ended for the nation of Israel. It certainly shouldn't have ended for us. And let me tell I'm going into my, I'm, I'm in the middle of my second decade doing talk radio. And I got no time and no patience for people who are stepping up from the conservative side of the equation saying, why are we talking about Israel and the Middle East and Iran so much when we're not even talking about fentanyl on the border? Are you kidding me? We've been the only ones talking about fentanyl on the border. You know what? I do four hours of radio every morning starting at 5 a.m., guys. Come on in and join me. Trust me, there's a lot to cover, and we cover all of it. To suggest that you're taking the eye off the real problem, the border... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the first hour of this program was nothing but border talk. Believe it or not, there are more than just one problem in this country. And no, we are not setting aside our concern about American citizens to look at and care about Israeli citizens. And yet at the same time, we're not also disregarding those people. We're not disregarding the one nation, the one functioning democracy in the entire Middle East who has been our stalwart ally since the 40s, since, it's, since it was founded, since, well, since the official United Nations recognition of a nation that's been there for millennia. 
and I have no patience for this cheap, frankly ignorant talking point. I don't understand why you're worried about Israel when we've got so much going on on our border. Oh, okay. I don't understand why you're focusing on football when we're in the middle of the basketball season. Hey, how about if you're a sports fan, you follow all the sports? How about if you care about our country, you care about conservative values and principles? You care about morality? You care about freedom? You care about liberty? You care about human dignity? You care about God's grace on this planet for all of humanity and the constant daily struggle against evil. And, you know, that's going to involve a lot of different topics. Maybe we've got the bandwidth to do it. So stop with that and stop with the Biden needs to go to Congress. Stop with that. Trust me, we've got plenty of other arguments to make and we don't need to be arguing with each other. All right, now we go back to my friend Leo in Colorado Springs. Who I'm, Leo, I'm so glad you called in and identified yourself. Because, you know, you sent this, this uh, uh, Space Force swag to myself and to Chris Plant. And I th- believe to my buddy Vince Colonnades, who does afternoons in Washington, D.C. And there was no return address. We couldn't reach out to you and thank you. So on behalf of all of my colleagues, we thank you for the Space Force oh. swag that you sent us, Leo. Oh, well, then I'll next time I call into Vince, I'll chew out Corey because I put I sent it to him and actually put a little letter in there saying, hey, guys, you know, if you need anything else, let me know. Oh, well, by all means, um, we'll blame my- Vince's producer that the producer always gets by. Right, Mr. Producer, <laughs> Mr. Producer <laughs> knows this story very well. All right, Leo, go ahead. Hey, so I got a couple more things. Um, talking about Iran and, and all that. First, you know, I want to I want to chastise uh, the POS for not calling out to our, our uh, the family members of the fallen um, heroes over there. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, I was stationed I was stationed over there. I was deployed um, in support of Joint Space or Joint Sorry Special Ops Command in 2017. If you remember, I think I called in and told you when I got back. Yeah, I do. And we were we were within Syria, and I thought that was the base I was at. But these guys are at the far end, up near the Iraqi border. Yeah, right on the border. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, and we would go in in on uh, Saturdays. We got a, a pass to go in on Saturdays, and the Iraq, uh, I, oh, geez, uh, <laughs> uh, Jordanians would recognize us as Americans, and some would approach us, and they would thank us. Um, for having Donald Trump as president because they said he has brought more peace and stabilization to this region than any of your other previous presidents. Yeah, that's right. Any other. That's right. And then, you know, and, and it's amazing, uh, if I could, Leo, it, it's amazing when, when you actually clearly tell the people of the world who we stand with and who we stand against, and you back that up. You know, when Trump became president, he said, we're cutting off funding to Hamas because they're terrorists. It's not humanitarian aid. It's being used for terrorist purposes. We're doing the same to Iran. We're moving the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem because Israel is our ally. And if any other country in this region wants to be friends with the U.S., they're going to make good with Israel. Because they're our ally, they're our friend, and you want to be our friend, you better be friends of Israel. And we were told that the entire place was going to blow up, Leo, and what happened? 
What happened? First of all, the place didn't blow up. We had more peace in the Middle East than we've ever had in the last couple of decades. And remarkably, miraculously, Arab nations started signing peace accords with Israel because we were clear. We didn't pretend that we were in, you know, oh, well, you know, we're not taking sides in this. No, 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 no. We're taking sides. We're taking sides with the good guys. We're not taking sides with the terrorists. We're taking sides with the victims of the terrorists. And as soon as we go in there and we proclaim whose side we're on, then other countries, well, if the U.S. is on Israel's side, we better get on good terms with Israel because we want to be on good terms with the U.S. And that's suddenly exactly what happened. Leo, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So I want to finish my, I want to finish my little yeah. diatribe here with, with um, I was on active duty in Germany in the mid-'80s my first intel assignment uh, to Frankfurt, 5th Corps. And we, I hand-delivered the package, the intel package, the, shall I say, the air defense package, um, when we went in and bombed the hell out of Precision Strike, Muammar Gaddafi in Libya. Oh, yeah. Do you know who our commanding general? He was a two-star, he was a three-star select to be the next national security advisor to Ronald Reagan. It was Colin Powell. Oh, yeah. All right. And I delivered the package. We got it. They briefed him. I didn't brief him. Um, We had one of the officers have to brief him. I was enlisted. I was the guy that did all the work um, and my troops. And we went in there and we bombed the hell out of Precision Strike with um, bunker busters. That was the first time we used them. I remember Because they were laser guided. Yeah. And guess what? Momar went silent, didn't he? That's right. We need to do the same thing. And not tell them, go ahead, go ahead, Dementia Joe, keep telling the world, oh, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. In the meantime, Xi Jinping is going, you know what, he ain't going to do nothing to us if we go in and take Taiwan. Putin's going, you know what, maybe I'll expand this and I'll start using tactical nukes. Yeah. Yeah, because when you're weak, other people decide to act strong. That's exactly where we are. Leo, thank you, man. It's great to touch base with you again. We miss you in the D.C. area. You too. Thank you. Here I thought I was, you know, picking up uh, somebody out in Colorado Springs, and it's an old listener from D.C. All right, how about, uh, oh, we've only got a minute. All right, we're going to circle back to your calls. we got much more to talk about. 877-381-3811. By the way, I, I just want to be clear here, because I think conservatives are getting a bad name right now, and I just want to clear the record on behalf of myself. And most of the concern, we have nothing against Taylor Swift. Well, I mean, other than her music and, and, and the way she votes and the things that she says. But, 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 but I'm thrilled that she's found a guy. I'm thrilled that he's kind of a manly man compared to some of the, you know, pajama boy latte drinkers that she's had in the past. I'm thrilled that it looks like she's finally going to settle down. I mean, it's going to ruin her music career because, I mean, she's going to have no songs to write anymore that her heart won't be broken, but that's fine. She's made enough. I want her to get married, settle down, have babies, and be a happy woman. That's great. Good for her. I have nothing against Taylor Swift. The networks who were covering the football games, on the other hand, I got a big problem with them. Let Taylor Swift be in love. Let her enjoy Travis Kelsey in the football game. But more importantly, let me enjoy the football game without having to see Taylor Swift enjoying the football game. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one.
Seriously, our, our choice now in the Super Bowl is between the, the Taylor Swift team and the team that brought us Colin Kaepernick and kneeling for the, the Star Spangled Banner. Seriously? That's, that's all we got? Larry O'Connor here, bitter, bitter, bitter Detroit Lions fan, <laughs> sitting in for the great one, Mark Levitt. I am originally from Detroit, Michigan, and I got, listen, the Lord, the good Lord couldn't possibly let Michigan football fans be, be this happy. It had to end. We got the Wolverines, we got the perfect season, the national championship, and then the Lions, you know, historic run through the playoffs. And it had it, it, I, it. That was divine intervention. The guts. I'm sorry. The people of Michigan are too happy right now, and the Lord had to, you know, do a little Sodom and Gomorrah on us. And now we're stuck. And now we're stuck with the Taylor Swift team and the Neil for the Star Spangled Banner team. I, I guess well, you got to go with the Chiefs, right? You gotta. You gotta. It's Missouri. It's the middle of America. It's the Midwest. It's the, the good old wholesome America. It's not, you know. Poop stain San Francisco. Got it. So there you go. Go Chiefs. Mordecai, Central New Jersey. Do I have time for Mordecai? You know what, Mordecai? Wait there. God, what is wrong with me? It's like I've never done this before. Mordecai, we're going to get to you in a moment, and we're going to get to more of your calls. Lines are jammed, but jump in here at 877-381-3811. We're, we're talking about this president. We're talking about the the fact that his policies, his his weakness, that, that is the word, and I, and I hope... I hope Donald Trump uses this word on a daily basis when talking about Joe Biden, because there's no way to deny it. This is a weak, weak man by every possible definition of the term. And his weak policies have now gotten Americans killed. And will continue to do so. And we'll get our allies killed. And, and one other thing here, before we get to your calls, have you noticed something? Have you noticed how nobody's lecturing Joe Biden about proportional response. You know, listen, Iran just killed three of your soldiers, so whatever you do, you better not kill more than three of theirs because we don't want this dragging on. And whatever you're going to do militarily, you better make sure that it's proportional and that you uh, worry about humanitarian concerns. No one's doing that to us. Why do they treat us different than Israel? Hmm. Plastic conservative fire. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. It's Larry O'Connor in for the great one, Mark Levin. I always forget to um, plug myself. I'm not a good plugger, I'm not going to lie. It's one weakness I've got. Boy, let me tell you something. There are other people in this business. That's It's their greatest skill set is to tell you all the things to subscribe to and all the things to download and all the things to follow and all the things to join. And and, and I'm, not, I'm, I'm actually not criticizing. I'm in awe. They're so good at it. And I constantly forget. So if you're liking what you're hearing, let me, let me tell you. You can follow me. I'm usually – I'm on all the social medias, but I'll be honest. I use the X more than anything else. It's Larry O'Connor, real easy to find. Uh, I also do a daily video at Town Hall Media. It's uh, about an hour-long video uh, that's also broken down into segments. You can find that on the YouTube or on the Facebook for Town Hall. Just go to Town Hall Media, 
subscribe to YouTube. But people are really enjoying those videos. They're usually done midday. And it's analysis of politics and pop culture. And we got lots of videos that we do. It's commentary. I think you'll like it. It's a good show. Uh, and finally, if you're wanting a morning news radio show, a morning talk show that's centered right here in the center of it all, the belly of the beast, the swamp, Washington, D.C., where we you know, honestly, we don't know a lot here in Washington, but we know a little bit about politics and what's going on in the government. We are the the sole conservative voice in the mornings here in Washington, D.C., and uh, I'm not going to lie, our message and what we do is embraced by a lot of people in the nation's capital. Uh, you know what to do. It, it's it's the Internet, babe. You can get the app. You can listen online. You can download the podcast. It's called O'Connor and Company with my great co-host, Julie Gunlock and Patrice Onwuka and, uh, and, and on a regular basis, Mercedes Schlapp as well, though she's a little busy with that CPAC conference this month. Uh, so we'd love for you to uh, follow that along. Listen. I think you'll enjoy it. I think you'll enjoy that morning show. If you like what we talk about on the Mark Levin Show, I assure you, this would be a great way to start your day. And there really isn't a lot of great morning radio out there. Except, of course, for all my friends who are also morning radio hosts. They're the best. All right, Mordecai, Central New Jersey. You're next up here on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Larry. Mr. O'Connor, it's a pleasure. You're doing a great job. Um, you know what? I, I, just, uh, I just started driving Uber, and my, I was going to talk about how my friend... I have friends killed on October seventh, captured that are still in that are still being held hostage. Oh, Lord uh, have and mercy. I told her while she was in the car I told her while she was in the car exactly what I just told you and I said, Yeah, I'm on hold to to talk about it on the radio and she's like she's she she's like, I'm so sorry to hear that and I was saying like, you know, I'm also gonna mention about how people in America and she interrupted me, she's like, I just don't understand why all these people are supporting these terrorists and, and I said, You know what? It's the the fact that you just said that to me and the fact that that's what I was exactly going to say on the radio is just, yeah. that, that makes me, that makes my heart warm. Oh, my God. That's that. a, you know what, Mordecai? Thank, oh, thank you. I, I, you always try to, I don't want it to be as bleak as sometimes it appears to be. And sadly, we see this all the time. The, the, the voices that you hear screaming the loudest aren't really representative of who we are as Americans. I, I believe that the vast majority of Americans are just like that person in your Uber. They, we can see, we can see right from wrong. We can see good and evil. It's not that hard. Why is it so hard for one political party in this country to see it, though? And Larry, you want to know something? Yeah. What? The, the 20 to 30 percent that you just mentioned, it was the same exact situation in 1930s Germany. It's just that that 20 to 30 percent screamed the loudest. Yeah. And they eventually took power. That's how it happens. Well, not here. Not here, my friend. It's not going to happen. God bless you, Mordecai. Thank you for holding as long as you did. And uh, our prayers are with, well, with everyone, especially those that you know, but everybody. I mean, we... we <sighs> I just asked a rhetorical question. Why is one political party in this country so reticent to actually speak the plain truth about what we saw on October 7th? And then again, and by the way, I'm not talking about your your great aunt Bessie who votes Democrat all the time because she loved Bobby Kennedy. OK, that's not this isn't about about Democrat voters. This is about the leadership of this party. This is about Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Hakeem Jeffries and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Valerie Jarrett and Barack Obama 
the people who are running the Democrat Party and the Clintons. You know, we saw something very revealing this week that might actually answer my rhetorical question. Why is it so hard for the Democrats, right? You know, we've seen Kamala Harris actually say, listen, you know, if we're too, if we're too supportive of Israel, that's going to hurt us with certain voters in our party. If we're too supportive of the only functioning democracy in the Middle East, where the citizens of that nation, regardless of race or religion or color or, or sexual body parts, whoever you are, if you are a citizen of Israel, you have more rights than any of the other countries in that region combined. But we can't be too supportive of them. If we're too supportive of the country who is the victim of one of the most horrific terrorist attacks of our lifetimes, that, and I want to reiterate, is still going on to this very minute. October 7th is not in the past. It is a very real live terror event that is still going on right now as long as people are held hostage. You ever know, where is Joe Biden talking about our hostages, our Americans who are held right now? Where, why is he says nothing? And Kamala Harris says, we can't show ourselves to be too supportive of Israel because it will alienate voters in our party. It will also get us on the wrong side of the largest, most important fundraising apparatus that the party has, and it's called the Squad. Do you ever wonder why, why do they even care what uh, some punk congresswoman from Queens has to say? Why do they care about one backbenching congresswoman from the Minneapolis area? Why, why do they care about this incoherent imbecile from Dearborn, Michigan? Why? Because they raise a ton of money for the party. They bring them out to events. They're superstars. They're the squad. And most specifically, the aforementioned imbecile from Dearborn, Michigan, the Palestinian congresswoman whose allegiance appears to be with the Palestinians and not with the American people. Well, she represents a lot more than just fundraising. She represents a voting block in, can I say it again, Michigan. One of the most critical states for the Joe Biden or any Democrat candidates, Electoral College marched to 270 to win the presidency. Rashida Tlaib sits on her hands and doesn't get her Hamas-loving base out to vote in November. That's leverage, my friends. That's power. Yeah, something happened this week that really does answer the question about where the Democrats are on this fundamental question of good and evil. This fundamental question of who we are as a nation and who we ally ourselves with. Which up until about a minute and a half ago, or really up until the inauguration of Barack Obama, this wasn't really in question. Oh, sure, Jimmy Carter flirted with, you know, he just wanted a Nobel Peace Prize. He did the Camp David Accords, and Clinton wanted his own Nobel Peace Prize, so he did his Oslo Accords. But even Bill Clinton emerged saying, oh, my God, this freaking Yasser Arafat, he got the world on a string, and he turned it down. Why? Because he just wants to kill the Jews that he hates. That's why.
Right up until Inauguration Day 2009, it was something that was pretty fundamental that all Americans, regardless of party affiliation, understood. That Israel was the good guy here, that Israel was our ally, that we stand with Israel in the face of horror, in the face of terror. And somehow, somehow, you see momentum within the intelligentsia of the Democratic Party in this country. Somehow, after October 7th, you see this momentum that they now have that's saying, okay, that's it. That's it. Now we make the case for a Palestinian state. What? Now that Hamas has murdered over and raped and decapitated and burned alive over a thousand innocent people and have taken hostage hundreds and continue to assault them, now's the time to make the case that we deserve to be our own country. It's like in Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, where you've got skyrocketing crime. You've got a, a violent crime up twofold. You've got, you've got a, over 100% increase in carjackings. You've got businesses closing left and right and people fleeing the District of Columbia because we've got 500 vacancies in the police department and there's unbelievable skyrocketing violent crime on a daily basis in Washington, D.C. But now's the time where they're going to make the case for statehood. Because, you know, if this is how we can conduct our affairs as a federal district without two senators, well, imagine how great we'll be with full statehood. And we, American citizens, look at that and say, are you kidding me? Now is not the time to make the case for statehood. Now is the time to make the case for federal control of the district, to reject the failed notion of home rule. And it's the exact same thing in Israel. They're, they're trying to make the case for a Palestinian state after they just murdered the people who would be their international neighbors? No. Now is the time to discuss flattening every single remnant of Hamas in the Gaza territory. And why are the Democrats unable to articulate that? Why are the Democrats unclear or at the very least, most generously, incapable or unwilling to articulate the clear moral certitude of this situation, the unambiguous moral clarity that most people see the situation through. And the answer was revealed earlier this week, if you saw that video of Ilhan Omar speaking in her native Somali language, to hundreds of Somali nationals. You saw this video, I'm sure. I'd love to play the audio of it for you, but it's, well, it's in Somali, and that's just not good radio. But it was translated, and no one's denied the translation. She was telling these Somali nationals, first of all, she said, we're Somali first, and we're Muslim second. She never mentioned who was third. I'm going to be generous and hope that it was America, but I don't know. America wasn't even mentioned. And she said to these Somali nationals, because there's, there's like there's a breakaway territory calling themselves Somaliland. They're trying to um, break away from the Somali uh, government or the Somali nation. And, they, you know, it's an internal feud. But, you know, the U.S. is watching it and the U.S. is going to take a position on it. And here's Ilhan Omar telling these Somalis that the U.S. government will do what she says. And what those Somali voters in America demand that they do. 
And anyone looking at that is like thinking, honey, that's not how it works. No, the U.S. government is not going to make an international decision based on what this handful of voters from that country demand they do. They're not interested, frankly, in what's in the best interest of Somalis who have left the country and come here to America. Theoretically, if they're voters, it means they're now citizens, which means they are supposed to literally take an oath to separate themselves from whatever national allegiance they had before they became citizens. And now their only priority needs to be what's in the best interest of this country, the United States of America. That's what we voters are supposed to do, and that's what our government is supposed to do. We will take the position in Somalia that is in the best interest of our nation. But the fact that Ilhan Omar told these Somalis with this great pride and hubris and confidence and arrogance that the U.S. government will do what she says they should do based on what she claims this voting bloc demands, well, that sort of, it brings it all home, doesn't it? This is how she views our government. It's how she views the transactional nature of what the Democrat Party does. That's why Rashida Tlaib flexes her muscle and has Joe Biden cowering in the corner of the Oval Office, although technically, I guess, by definition, an Oval Office does not have a corner. But he is cowering, terrified that if he comes out in too much support of Israel then Rashida Tlaib will tell her voters not to show up in Michigan or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on behalf of whatever her cause is. This is what this party is. And none of them, do you notice that none of them ever mention what's in the best interest of our country, of the United States of America? And that's why the Democrats can't bring themselves to articulate the obvious moral truth of not only what we're seeing in the Middle East with Israel, but also how standing by Israel is in America's best interest. They can't do it because they don't think in those terms. It's not even part of their language. They see something like that and don't think to themselves, well, what's in the best interest of America and our allies? They think this is an opportunity to attain more power. That is how they think. That is how they behave. And we got an insight into it. And that's why the Democrats don't have that moral clarity that they used to have. They really did. I'm Larry O'Connor, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. It's Larry O'Connor in for Mark Levin, and I'll be honest, there's not enough time to really do a phone call justice, so I apologize for that. I appreciate you uh, listening in tonight. Great, honestly, wonderful. You made it easy. All of you uh, made it easy for me to fill in for Mark Levin, and it ain't easy, so I appreciate that. Uh, you know, Mr. Producer, I, I forgot I was plugging myself right, which I'm not good at plugging myself. But, uh, Mr. Producer, I should point out, you know, I am I am nothing if not a uh, broadcast journalist, and I'm going to be covering one of the Republican caucuses coming up. I don't know if you knew this. We just had the New Hampshire primary. You know what? You know, the funny thing about New Hampshire in January, it's cold. You know, cold, snow. The Iowa caucus, too, by the way, very cold. Did you see how cold it was for the Iowa caucus? It wasn't like 30 degrees below or something. 
Uh, I will not be, I was not obviously at the New Hampshire primary or the Iowa caucus. And I know everybody's looking at South Carolina at the end of February. Big South Carolina primary coming up. Um, But actually, there's two caucuses next week. Did you know this? There are two caucuses next week in Nevada. There's a caucus on Thursday the 8th. And on that same day, there's another caucus. This is They've just moved this caucus up. Usually this caucus is later in the spring. But they moved it up to make it relevant. And I'm going to go and I'm going to be on the scene reporting live from it. It is the caucus for the Republican Party of the United States Virgin Islands. You heard me. I'm going to be there. I'm going to cover it. I'm going to take one for the team. Somebody's got to do it. Thanks for listening.